0: Hello, oh, and welcome to Potter Not, a podcast for those with conflicted Harry Potter feelings and those who have absorbed Harry Potter through cultural osmosis and want to dive into the good and the bad. I am Adela, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a fan in crisis.
1: I am E, my
0: pronouns are she, they, and I am a fledgling fan.
2: And I'm Zoe, she, her, and
0: I am a jaded fan. This week we read three more chapters. And shit happened. Oh Yeah. So we read chapter seven, Mudbloods and Murmurs, chapter eight, The Death Day Party, and chapter nine, The Writing on the Wall.
2: E, do you have any big overarching thoughts for all three chapters before we dive in?
1: I was surprised how much plot, like, starts happening so fast. (laughs) Like, I did (laughs) not expect to get into plot until, like, maybe the next segment of the book. Mm -hmm. But no, no, we're here.
2: It's happening. We're in it. I forgot just how much happened in the second two of the chapters we read, especially writing on the wall. Yeah. Like there's a lot that happens in writing on the wall that's like, I have said before, this is not my favorite book, but this book, I think more than the first or the third book sets up things that come back in books six and seven.
0: I was notice- noticing that so much on this reread. Like, yeah. I've, I've noticed it before, but I, it, stuff was just sticking out to me today.
2: And, like, especially in the writing on the wall. Oh, that's my tea. <laughs> you <like> to hear <laughs> the kettle? The kettle yes. is going. <laughs> I hear <It's> it. <laughs> Hello, Zoe's kettle. Um, you should leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> you should leave that in. <laughs> welcome
0: to the podcast.
2: Yeah, welcome to the podcast. That's right. Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of things that happen in writing on the wall that, that like, are really well set up for books like, six and seven.
0: This is one of the things that I've always loved about these books, is stuff being set up early on without you noticing that is, becomes, like, major later.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I forgot how dense the chapter writing on the wall was.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a lot in those, like, seven pages or whatever yeah it's not the longest chapter also just picture me like connivingly like tapping my fingers together while you're Ah. all talking about setup for later books (laughs) and i'm just like ooh, what is it
2: yeah i think book two in general is a prelude to books six and seven in a way that book one and three are not
1: Mm, um yeah
0: i i can see that e do you have any other overarching thoughts
1: um not really i think let's let's get into what happens yeah so we get the return of colin creevy oh
0: and you get to see the photo that we were talking about (laughs) the
1: persistent return
0: you should
2: read this little paragraph description of the photo it's right at the start of chapter seven
0: i think it's on the second page in the british edition ah
1: that's you're right so harry gets pulled out for dawn quidditch practice
0: He had just reached the
1: portrait hole when there was a clatter behind him, and Colin Creevy came dashing down the spiral staircase, his camera swinging madly around his neck, and something clutched in his hand. I heard someone saying your name on the stairs, Harry. Look what I've got here. I've had it developed. I wanted to show you. Harry looked bemusedly at the photograph Colin was brandishing under his nose. A moving black-and-white Lockhart was tugging hard on an arm Harry recognized as his own he was pleased to see that his photographic self was putting up a good fight and refusing to be with <laughs> you.
2: No, keep going, keep going. <laughs>
1: okay, as Harry watched, Lockhart, sorry, I forgot this sentence. As Harry watched, Lockhart gave up and slumped panting against the white edge of the picture.
2: I don't know how it works with a, with a muggle camera that you're developing it with like a magical potion versus um, in book four, you do actually see a magical camera, by the way, that smokes. So there's clearly some yeah. sort of like potion, situation like maybe imbued in the film already or maybe it's a spell who knows but um i i love that like portraits and photos like contain an essence of the person because this is such an ideal description of poor harry being forced into into oh yeah it's great Uh
1: i also like this uh, um follow-up conversation where the author just puts in the explanation of quidditch (laughs) of harry explaining it to colin uh which is i think i don't remember exactly who it is that explains it to harry in book
2: it is oliver wood
1: one but yeah it it reminds me a lot of that incredulous like what are the rules what is Mm -hmm, this
2: and you know what honestly normally i'd like knock her a little bit being like do you really need to no this is necessary
0: it's necessary (laughs) yeah also I should have said this earlier. You, when you read Colin Creevy's voice, I love it. I love the way that you read <laughs> yeah. Colin Creevy's voice. It's that great. was very good. That was very
1: accurate. <laughs> up- that was just me, but like two semitones higher.
2: <laughs> it was very good. That's like, um, yes. You are Colin Creevy, but two semitones and a foot ho- taller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> New
2: Twitter bio for E. <laughs> yeah, that's me. We can. The Quidditch stuff is not important until the yeah. Southerns walk on the field. But I do yeah. love the description. You get to meet more of the team here,
1: which yeah. I like. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we had met the Chasers.
2: You had not met Alicia or Angelina. Angelina is a black woman, by the way. Um,
1: yeah, I remember in both you
2: film and. and text. I remember when we
1: talked about Dean. You brought yeah. up Angelina. And
2: I love her.
0: She's fucking great. Um, yeah.
2: And also uh, Katie Bell, fantastic. Um, yes. But I, I love this. We never uh, get to
0: know Alicia as well, but she no, seems good. Don't. she seems
2: she cool. seems she seems great. <laughs> um Fred and George were sitting puffy-eyed and tousled haired next to the fourth year Alicia Spinett, who seemed to be nodding off against the wall behind her. Fellow chasers, Katie Bell and Angelina Johnson were yawning side by side opposite them.
0: <laughs> and then,
2: um as Wood launched into a speech about his new tactics, Fred Weasley's head drooped right onto Alicia Spinett's shoulder and he began to snore,
0: so we should talk about the Slytherins arriving and the word. The word that E predicted, and what it actually means.
1: I got it backwards. (laughs) You did get it backwards.
0: Um, So Malfoy calls Hermione a mudblood. Yes. Not only that, but he says, you filthy little mudblood.
1: Yeah. So we get the introduction of mudblood, which is a, I guess it's just a slur. Yeah.
0: Yes. It Um, is a slur. Can I read the description that Ron gives? Yes. It's on page 89.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, 115 on the American edition.
0: Uh, Hermione says she doesn't know what it means, and Ron says, It's about the most insulting thing he could think of. Mudblood's a really foul name for someone who was muggle-born, you know, non-magic parents. There are some wizards, like Malfoy's family, who think they're better than everyone else because they're what people call pureblood. I mean, the rest of us know it doesn't make any difference at all. Look at Neville Longbottom. He's pure blood and he can hardly stand a cauldron the right way up. Stop being mean to Neville, by the way, Ron. <laughs> I I love Hagrid's... And then, yeah, then Hagrid says, and they haven't... Reading Hagrid's accent. And they haven't invented a spell our Hermione can't do, said Hagrid proudly, making Hermione go a brilliant shade of magenta. And then Ron says, it's a a disgusting thing to call someone dirty blood, see, common blood. It's mad. Most wizards these days are half-blood anyway. If we hadn't married muggles, we'd have died out. So there you go.
1: So there's our in-world sort of perspective.
0: Yeah. Which is really also the first time that purebloods are explained, I think.
1: Yeah, like we read the thing about purebloods before, but this is the first time it really comes up.
2: This is the first time in canon it is explicitly stated. Malfoy asks Harry if you're one of our kind when they're getting Mm -hmm. robe fittings. But Harry doesn't know
0: what that means.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and Harry says both my parents were magic, if that's what you mean, Mm -hmm. which... Literally is what Malfoy means.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) But the thing that provoked Malfoy, other than him being an asshole, to say this, by the way, was at least no one on the Gryffindor team had to buy their way in, said Hermione sharply. They got on on pure talent. And that strikes a nerve. It does strike a nerve because uh, the whole thing is that Malfoy got onto the team, presumably because his father purchased brand new Nimbus 2001 brooms for the entire (laughs) Slytherin
0: team. I love that so much. That's the best
1: version increment.
0: It's literally like, look at Malfoy trying to one up Harry, is literally yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's uh, exactly what it is. Combined with
2: the, the fact that Lucia was like, you told me 12 times already this summer.
0: Maybe if I bri- buy Draco seven brooms, he'll stop yelling about Harry. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it gives him the same position <laughs> that Harry has.
2: Yes, exactly. On Gryffindor.
1: Which is the position that requires the most talent, and <laughs> not the most money. Well, the
2: most talent and also the small Yeah, I was going to say, it's also
0: about your stature, which Draco true. is similar Draco stature is to always, Harry. So
2: Actually, please correct me if I'm wrong, ever described. I don't think we get a physical description of Draco ever.
0: We do, but not his height.
1: Yeah, we get his
0: face. Like, he's skinny his and face pointy. And, his, and his, uh, his blonde hair, but... Like, we don't, he could be just, like, a pointy
2: face with, like, big-ass broad shoulders, but that's not how he's depicted in the fandom. Oh, right. boy, is he depicted as, like, <laughs> svelte and possibly effeminate in the fandom. Um, oh, absolutely. Svelte is really how he's depicted in the fandom, specifically, but, and always taller than Harry.
0: Uh-huh. Well, Harry is short, so. You Harry
2: know. always has to lean up to kiss Draco. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we get the mudblood situation. Uh, Ron's wand backfires and he's
1: barfing curses himself instead
0: of Draco. Uh, One more thing before we move away from Hagrid's. Um, Just note Harry's reflections on Hagrid's umbrella.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can I also read this one sentence about Lockhart? Yes. (laughs) They were within twenty feet of Hagrid's house when the front door opened, but it wasn't Hagrid who emerged. Gilderoy Lockhart, wearing robes of palest mauve today, came striding. And then, what did Lockhart want with you, Hagrid? Harry asked, scratching Fang's ears. Giving me advice on getting kelpies out of a well, growled Hagrid, moving a half-plucked rooster off his scrub table and setting down the teapot. Like, I don't know. Banging on about some banshee he banished. If one word of it was true, I'll eat my kettle. <laughs> I <Yep>. love Hagrid. <laughs> I love Hagrid. So...
2: Uh... Technically, Ron and Harry both broke the rules because they want to go punch somebody, so they have detention.
1: I thought this was for the flying car incident. Oh, no, this is, oh, yeah, no this you're, is, right, you're right,
0: you're, you're right, you're right. It is, yeah, I was going to say. They punched
2: Malfoy in another book, it's fine. Oh. Yeah, it's for the flying car. I do enjoy the punishments, which is uh, Ron has to polish the silver in the trophy room with no magic, which feels like a good detention for Ron. Yeah. Right? And poor Harry. Harry has to help Lockhart answer his
0: fan mail. He's like, can't I help clean the trophies? Yeah, (laughs) and Ron's like, why would you want
2: to do that? And and Harry, poor Harry, is like, I have had a lot of practice with the Dursleys.
0: I have no problem cleaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then we have the very important little plot starting at the end. Little plot, big plot, starting at the end of (laughs) this chapter.
2: Plot begins. It was a voice. A voice to chill the bone marrow, a voice of breathtaking ice-cold venom. Come, come to me. Let
0: me rip you. Let me tear you. Let me kill you. Yeah, so that, that's chapter seven. And then we move on to the death day party.
2: The one thing I love about this book, like consistently, is the chapter illustrations. Uh, Mary Grand Prix, again, shout her out like every other episode. The start of chapter seven is Ron leaning over a large cauldron of slugs he apparently has barfed up. The chapter eight um, opening is Mrs. Norris um, with her tail wrapped around prehensile-like, around uh, like a, a, <laughs> uh, a torch um, and hanging upside down with her eyes wide open. Um, and chapter nine is, I think, the most accurate depiction of Moaning Myrtle on the face of the planet, oh, which I wow. will now send to yes, both of you. Said. And I will tweet out when we release this episode because it is so incredibly
0: good.
1: Oh, that's great. It's very
0: good. It's great. It's excellent.
2: It's perfect.
1: So the Death Day Party.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Nearly Headless Nick.
1: So my only like prediction for what this chapter was going to be solely based on the title was that it was going to be something about Voldemort. (laughs) And the anniversary of whatever.
0: Nope. Yeah. Nope. that was my guess
1: nope
0: it's a although, ghost birthday. although oh my goodness zoe yeah this is the anniversary i mean yeah that's also halloween oh <laughs> like it's also the anniversary of
1: but that's not what they're celebrating
0: no but i just realized that yeah. um anyway so spooky so spooky much spook very spook so we talked to nick a bunch we talked the to
1: Nick, Nick wants to join the headless whatever. Headless hunt. <laughs> but he doesn't have his head fully detached so he can't juggle it or whatever. I have
2: to read this letter, which is my yes. favorite. Oh, please. Okay. So nearly headless Nick has applied to join the headless hunt and um, he's very upset and uh, he has received this Letter in response. We can only accept huntsmen whose heads have parted company with their bodies. You will appreciate that it would be impossible otherwise for members to participate in hunt activities such as horseback head juggling and head polo. It is with the greatest regret, therefore, that I must inform you that you do not fulfill our requirements. With
1: very best wishes, (laughs) Sir Patrick Delaney Podmore. (laughs) Uh, All of the names uh, in this chapter are very good. We find out later that Nick's full name is, let me find it, Sir Nicholas de Mimsey Porpington.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. It's perfect.
0: Oh, also, before we go to the death day party, we do have a scene with Filch, which yeah, we should mention. Yeah, a very,
2: very important scene with Filch. Oh, yes.
0: Yes. So we learn a bit Hang about on. Filch.
2: We we learn a bit about Filch's drawer full of punishment oh, yeah. for Fred and George.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And well-polished chains that he is begging Dumbledore to let him use on the
0: students. Mm -hmm. And then Harry reads the Quickspell book.
2: You find out later that it's Nick who drops a cabinet on the ceiling of Filch's office to get him to leave.
0: Um, And Harry,
1: who should immediately flee. Yeah. uh Harry's just like, oh, I I should probably wait for him to come back. (laughs) No!
0: (laughs) Oh, Harry. Yeah. Also, that ca- that cabinet is important. That Much later. is
2: important. That cabinet it is something we should
0: keep in mind, um, and the fact that it's broken. Anyway,
1: yeah. So Harry sees a large, glossy purple envelope,
0: and he's like, "Ooh, shiny thing!" <laughs>
1: uh, quick spell. I will note spelled with K W I K.
0: Oh yes, like some
1: sort of like some sort of convenience store.
0: Quick Spell, a correspondence course in beginner's magic. And Harry's like, hmm.
1: Don't mind if I do.
0: And then, at the end of this chapter, we learn why.
1: I love that this is a correspondence course. Like, I don't know how that works for magic.
0: <laughs> but it can't Here's be Here's a low. list of spells to practice. Let us know how it went. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that we should discuss
2: um, in that we learn that he's a squib yes Um, and squibs are the opposite of muggle-borns right but they're not as you learn later there's actually a a fairly big difference there they're not muggles like they can see a leaky cauldron and muggles can't the switch in their genetics isn't turned on yeah yeah um they
1: have shall we say quote-unquote magical blood
0: just not magical ability
2: so this is a pretty gross course in that there is no way to yeah. gain this. This is like clearly... This
1: is exploitative. It's like, yeah. yeah,
2: hugely exploitative of like what is essentially a disabled community, um, at least in the magical world.
1: I don't know if that parallel get, is like borne out by the rest of the series or or fandom writing around it, but it definitely seems like that's the parallel that the author is almost making. Right. That's
2: a pretty good statement. This is a parallel that the author is almost making.
1: Yes. Like that these are, that these are, this is the equivalent of a disabled community.
2: So I will say it is a community to a certain degree.
0: Later, I, I can't, I think it's in book five. Someone describes Squibs a little bit more and they say mm-hmm. that um, it's kind of up to them whether they want to integrate into wizard society or whether they want to move into the Muggle world. They're welcome to do either one. A lot of them mm-hmm. choose to go into the muggle world just because it's easier for them or whatever. Yeah,
1: I will say one one thing that prevents this from being a good allegory to, you know, a disabled person's experience is that for, for squibs, there is an entire, like, they can just go live in the muggle world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. disabled folks, that's not really an option usually.
2: There is a school for the deaf. There. I mean, yeah, the there others. are, there are, but pockets. it's not—it's not like a world, right? You're there for as long as you're in school.
1: You know, there are deaf folks who make their own communities. Mm-hmm. There are uh, blind All folks who the make world. their own communities, especially online. You know, folks with physical disabilities, etc. But not to the societal level.
2: Yeah, it's not that we see it's here. It's not a world that exists that's parallel to our own, where they can just go and exist. Squibs have this option which is why it's like almost a metaphor you'll find that there is also another almost metaphor in this
0: world that we'll see in the next book so back to the death day party
1: yeah so harry does manage to escape
0: (laughs) yeah and it was nick
1: who
2: convinced peeves to drop the uh vanishing cabinet which you should remember this is the 500th death day of nick
1: yes Um, which I guess it is the year 1992 in canon Mm -hmm. because his death date was Halloween 1492.
0: That is true. Harry was born in 1980, so it's easy to know the years of every book. Ah, that's convenient. (laughs) Very convenient. As
2: someone born in 1990, I feel it. Yeah,
1: my (laughs) brother was born in 2000. That makes it very easy. Your mother doesn't (laughs) exist.
2: That's not (laughs) a year that people are born in.
1: (laughs) I regret to inform you that Zoomers exist.
0: (laughs) Gross. All right. (laughs) Those are all of my students. And yours. (laughs) I was going to say. Ah.
1: (laughs) Um, And me, almost. Like, I'm right on that millennial Zoomer line.
0: Don't tell me that. Okay. Okay. All right. We meet. We meet the Headless Hunt. We meet the Headless Hunt. Yes. We meet. A
1: lot of background ghosts.
0: Yeah.
1: I think we meet all of the house ghosts except Ravenclaw.
0: Yes. She is a reclusive ghost. We do not see her very often at all. So
1: the Fat Friar is here. uh, The Bloody Baron is here.
0: Nobody's talking to him.
2: (laughs) He's just standing in a corner. Myrtle is here. Peeves, who is not a ghost, is here. He's a spirit. He is a spirit, yes. Uh, I do love uh, Hermione's interaction with Myrtle here. Yes. It's Um, very good. Yeah. She haunts one of the toilets in the girls' bathroom on the first floor. She haunts a toilet? Yes, it's been out of order all year because she keeps having tantrums and flooding the place. I never went in there anyway if I could avoid it. It's awful trying to have a pee without with her wailing at you.
1: Which is reasonable.
2: Yeah, it is. Also,
1: that's a version difference. The British edition says it's awful trying to go to the loo. Which is much more polite
0: than saying having to- trying to have a pee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> I mean- 12 year olds i guess i don't know <laughs> i feel like 12 year olds specifically wouldn't when talking that's true to i like i'm I, I, am, I am more likely to do that than a 12 year old i would
1: just say like go to the bathroom or go yeah. to the toilet this was a bad
0: bad translation to american <laughs> Bad job,
1: whatever editor did this
0: i love how much all of the ghosts enjoy being melancholy yeah <laughs> like yeah n- nearly headless nick starting his speech with like I don't remember what he says but it's like my great sorrow something something but he was yeah. so excited about this party.
2: <laughs> the, it's my late lamented lords ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It is my great sorrow and that he's cut off because the Headless Hunt had started a game of head hockey. Yep. yep.
1: Um, <laughs> One up him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On his own birthday. And then...
0: Oh, poor Nick. Spooky voice. Spooky voice. Spooky voice
1: with directionality that leads the trio upstairs To the hallway where the cat has been petrified. The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware.
0: Yeah, and uh,
1: Mrs. Norris. Is the unfortunate victim.
0: Another moment of feeling slightly empathetic towards Filch. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is his only friend. Yeah, in the beginning of chapter nine, which, you know, starts immediately after this. Uh, we see Filch being, like, really upset that his cat has been.
2: Lockhart's being an idiot, um, but Lockhart's comments were punctuated by Filch's dry, racking sobs. He was slumped in a chair by the desk, unable to look at Mrs. Norris, his face in his hands. Much as he detested Filch, Harry couldn't help feeling a bit sorry for him.
0: So, the writing on the wall starts with this meeting in, in uh, Lockhart's, <laughs> Lockhart's office. Lockhart's office. And Lockhart... Lockhart's background commentary throughout the entire thing. Oh, it's
1: so fucking great. I mean, it's, it's horrible. So like,
0: it's like it infuriating and hilarious at the same time because of how he keeps changing it based on what everyone else is saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: This is, this is a very important moment for me. The photographs of Lockhart on the walls were all nodding in agreement as he talked. One of them had forgotten to remove his hairnet.
1: Yes. Gosh. Um, yeah, so Lockhart is just spouting nonsense this whole time. So, like, all of the. Like, everyone is here. Dumbledore's here. Snape is here. McGonagall is here.
2: McGonagall has a really great reply when Snape is like, I think we should suspend him from the Quidditch team because he was in this corridor. (laughs) Really, Severus, said Professor McGonagall sharply. I see no reason to stop the boy playing Quidditch. This cat wasn't hit over the head with a broomstick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Snape is, like, trying to push on why Harry, Ron, and Hermione were there. Yeah. And then the whole, like, Lockhart thing culminates in Lockhart trying to offer to make a potion while Snape is right there.
0: Yeah, and Snape is like, excuse me, but I believe I am the potion master at this school. This is the line that I want us to think about when we're reading the Tumblr post I've sent.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then Harry uh, learns what a squib is.
1: Ron has a very sensible line, which is, Hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign, even in the wizarding world. <laughs>
2: Yes. Thank you, Ron.
1: Thanks, Ron. And we learned that the Chamber of Secrets is like a legend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can I read the paragraph um, of Professor Binns explaining what's happened with Slytherin? The rift with Slytherin? Yeah. Yeah. There was a bit of
2: a a lead up to that where they're all trying to figure out what's happening. Ginny Weasley's really upset. Uh, She really likes cats. And uh, we get a
1: brief moment of uh, Finch Fletchley. Yeah, Fletch
2: Finch, Finch, Fletch, uh, Fletchley. 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 J.F.F.
1: J.F.F. Tolkien. <laughs>
2: oh lord! Well, there's the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> Justin
0: Finch Tolkien. <laughs> um, Justin um, Tolkien.
1: Tolkien. Tolkien.
0: No, bad. Uh.
2: But yeah, Justin. Justin runs away from Harry.
0: Yeah, that's And we it. don't know why at this point. And we don't know why um, at this
2: point. But Hermione is not taking notes. Hermione is Hermione not is taking not notes. Hermione is not taking notes, which is like, it never happens. Um, and we, instead, she's raising her hand.
1: Yeah. We get this great little bit where they have to write essays by length. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> particularly by scroll length, yes. which is just... Chef kiss, that's good. Okay,
2: okay, hang on though, hang on though. There was a great Tumblr post. Do you know what size standard paper is? Eight and a half by 11.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Handwriting an essay? On eight and a yeah. half by 11 paper? Are you fucking serious?
1: Like
2: <laughs> two paragraphs.
1: Yeah.
0: Ryan, oh, yeah.
2: Get your shit together. <laughs> oh, this yeah. Is not a lot.
0: Anyway. Yes, so Hermione asks about the Chamber of Secrets and Professor Binns, after some persuading, says... You all know, of course, that Hogwarts was founded over a thousand years ago, the precise date is uncertain, by the four greatest witches and wizards of the age. The four schoolhouses are named after them, Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. They built this castle together, far from prying muggle eyes, for it was an age when magic was feared by common people, and witches and wizards suffered much persecution. For a few years, the founders worked in harmony together, seeking out youngsters who showed signs of magic and bringing them to the castle to be educated. But then disagreements sprang up between them. A rift began to grow between Slytherin and the others. Slytherin wished to be more selective about the students admitted to Hogwarts. He believed that magical learning should be kept within all magic families. He disliked taking students of Muggle parentage, believing them to be untrustworthy. After a while, there was a serious argument on the subject between Slytherin and Gryffindor, and Slytherin left the school. I read the part about the Chamber of Secrets, but I just wanted to th- say a thing that I was thinking about when I was reading that paragraph earlier, is that mm-hmm. why did they keep Slytherin house after this disagreement, and Slytherin left the school? Oh, well, tradition. I guess. I guess. I, and like, if they hadn't, then probably some purebloods would have started a pureblood school,
2: yeah, although there is something to be said for the fact that possibly that's what dermstring is.
0: Probably. That's <laughs> probably what Dermstring is. But it is it far away in Bulgaria. Anyway, then he continues to talk about the legend. Slytherin, according to the legend, sealed the Chamber of Secrets so that none would be able to open it until his own true heir arrived at the school the heir alone would be able to unseal the Chamber of Secrets, unleash the horror within, and use it to purge the school of all who are unworthy to study magic. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That is the Chamber of Secrets, as That's far as we legend. know so far.
1: So this is, I think, the first time that we get the names of the founders. Full names, yeah. Um, so I have a question here. Of the first names, is Slytherin Anglo-European.
2: Um,
1: okay, so here's what I'm noticing: Godric
2: and Canon.
1: Yeah, Godric is an old English name. Uh, Helga, I believe, is Scandinavian. Rowena, I think, is Germanic, mm-hmm. and Salazar is like either Spanish or maybe Arabic. Huh. Interesting. Like I, I, I immediately that jumps out to me as a name that's like
0: there's definitely not an in-canon, like, description of where Salazar Slytherin is from, ever. And I would guess that it's probably just J.K.R. being like, this is a cool name that sounds cool with Slytherin. Um, Yeah. So I
2: will say the one thing is, I believe when you get to later books, um, the descendants are described as sallow-skinned. That is true which is often an indication in fantasy
1: literature of Middle Eastern heritage.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, specifically with connotations of being unhealthy, I think.
2: Yeah, like sallow is usually unhealthy, but I don't know. something. Yeah, like,
0: like Snape is also described with that. As being sometimes. sallow, yeah. yeah. It's,
2: it's a little, it's not swarthy, is what I'll say, right? Yeah, like, right, right. Um, the answer is we don't know.
1: Okay, it just struck me that of the, of the founders here, the one that specifically went off on, like, ethno-purism mm-hmm. is the one that has the least Anglo name, which is interesting. That's interesting. I don't know if that was intentional by the author, or um, what? Adela, how do
2: you feel about giving away a spoiler about the name of the
0: descendants? You can say the name because we don't know okay. anything about them um, yet.
2: The Descendants? Their surname is
1: Gaunt.
0: Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. (laughs) So So there you go. So anyways, but it is something to think about. Yeah. Anyway, they go back and start to investigate the hallway where the writing is Mm
1: -hmm. and they
0: find some spiders and they talk about the water. Yes. And
2: um, Ron uh, doesn't like spiders.
0: Ron doesn't like spiders because of the little story that he tells about Fred turning his teddy bear into a spider.
2: While he was
1: cuddling it, apparently.
2: Yeah, it's not funny. If you must know, when I was three, Fred turned my my teddy bear into a great, filthy spider because I broke his toy broomstick. You wouldn't like them either if you'd been holding your bear and suddenly it had too many legs and... <laughs> <off> shuddering.
1: <laughs> Poor Ron. Poor Ron. <laughs> Poor three-year-old child. Yeah.
2: I know. He's, he's so terrified of spiders. Also, like, Fred was
0: five when he did that. That is some accomplished magic for a five-year-old. Fred, good at magic. Yeah, it turns out. So they go into Moaning Myrtle's bathroom to see if anything has happened. Yeah, and then Percy gets really angry. One thing I wanted to mention about the Percy thing is a plot hole that has always bugged me, which is that Prefects cannot take house points, and he takes house points from them. Mm, True. But later in the books, they explicitly say that prefects do not have that power. Anyway, it's a tiny plot hole, but it's a thing that bugs me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and we get the, the big lead up. We get the introduction of the idea of polyjuice potion.
1: Yeah. Cool. This sounds like it cannot go wrong.
0: Correct. I love to be 12 year old <laughs> scheming in a bathroom. <laughs> I guess not in the bathroom when they're scheming, but anyway. I think they're back in the. Um, yeah. Right now, but... And Hermione being like, yeah,
2: this, is, this moment is so good. So, there's only one way to get a, restricted, a book out of the restricted section. You need a signed note of permission from a teacher. Hard to see why we'd want the book, really, said Ron, if we weren't going to try and make one of the potions. I think, said Hermione, that if we made it sound as though we were interested in the theory, we might stand a chance. Oh, come on. No teacher's going to fall for that, said Ron. They'd
1: have to be really thick. Dot, Chapter dot, dot. ends. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Who do you think they're going to ask, Eve?
1: I can't imagine. Uh, Shout out to the name of this book. Most Potent Potions. (laughs)
0: Most Potent Potions. (laughs) Most Potato Potions. (laughs) Thank you, JKR,
2: for attempting to do anything in English and failing horribly. I'm so glad.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Like, as far as... Attempts at archaic English go not the worst.
0: So, what do you think of these chapters?
1: I'm really like I'm.
0: You got hooked, hooked into the plot.
1: Yeah, I will say I am more interested in the plot of this book than I was in book one.
0: Hmm. This one, I feel like she was writing it like a very gentle horror for children. (laughs) (laughs) At least these, yeah, sort of.
1: I think for me, it's the, it's the family, like, inter-family stuff and intra-family stuff with the Weasleys. And then, like, Malfoy and his family. um, The whole, you know, Mudbloods and Squibs idea. I think that's more interesting to me Mm -hmm. than book one, which was just sort of a school drama of, like, the kids don't like one of the teachers. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, which is fine, but this is more interesting to me so far.
2: That makes sense. Should we talk about these two... Pottermore pages?
1: Yeah, we picked out...
2: We read Ghosts, and then we read...
0: The Quill of Acceptance and The Book of Admittance. But we have to talk about Ghosts first, because we're going to have more to say about the second one, I think.
2: (laughs) Yeah, shocker. (laughs) I think we're going to have more to say about the one that's, like, kind of gross.
0: Uh-huh. So, Hogwarts Ghosts. I liked at the top of the, in the first paragraph it mentions that the reason why Hogwarts is one of the most populated uh, dwellings by ghosts is because they feel welcomed by the students and they get along whereas most places they don't get along with people because they're ghosts and people are scared of them I guess. Yeah,
1: it's nice. It's nice. There's so many ghosts. The living
2: inhabitants treat their dead friends with tolerance and even affection. Yeah. No matter how many times they have heard the same old reminiscences.
0: Also... I liked this little um, anecdote about the fat fryer (laughs) that, Uh, His his ill-advised habit of pulling rabbits out of communion cups. It's actually a great paragraph in general. Oh, I'll just read the whole thing then. Yeah. (laughs) Hufflepuff House is haunted by the fat friar, who was executed because senior churchmen grew suspicious of his ability to cure the pox merely by poking peasants with a stick and his ill-advised habit of pulling rabbits out of the communion cup. Though a genial character in general, the fat friar still resents the fact that he was never made a cardinal.
2: Like, buddy, did you expect to make crazy? Yeah,
0: you're pulling rabbits out of the communion cup. What are you doing? Why? He's just a friar.
1: Also, yeah, friar is like level one. Yeah. I find it very interesting that the author did not choose to write any flavor for the Bloody Baron or the Grey Lady. That is
0: very important because those would be spoilers. Those would be big spoilers. Okay, fine. The Fat
1: Friar gets a whole paragraph. So does Nearly Headless Nick.
0: Because neither of them are very important to the plot of the story.
1: <laughs> so. You're doing your best, sweeties.
0: I really liked the commentary, J.K.R.'s thoughts on um, about Professor Binns.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was
0: fun. I'll just say this also.
2: He fell asleep in front of the staff room fire one day and simply got up to give his next class, leaving his body behind. (laughs) Nobody knows if he knows he's dead, which is great. The inspiration for Professor Binns was an old professor at my university who gave every lecture with his eyes closed, rocking backwards and forwards slightly on his toes. While he was a brilliant man who disgorged an immense amount of valuable information at every lecture disconnect with his students was total professor bins is only dimly aware of his living students and is astonished when they begin begin asking him questions yeah (laughs) so good yeah um i also really enjoy like the ghosts that didn't make it into the books yes Um, especially the last one (laughs) yeah the toad which left ectoplasm all over its classroom which i quite like and then your favorite edmund (laughs) grub Expired <laughs> in the doorway of the dining hall. Sometimes stops people from getting in out of spite. Fat Victorian ghost ate poisonous berries.
1: Like, no, bring him back. Bring, bring, back. Back. Are, bring him back. I want this one. I do like the, the short bit about the inspiration for Moaning Myrtle. Uh-huh. Yeah. The inspiration for Moaning Myrtle was the frequent presence of a crying girl in communal bathrooms, especially at the parties and discos of my youth. This does not seem to happen in male bathrooms, so I enjoyed placing Harry and Ron in such uncomfortable and unfamiliar territory. Yep. Apparently twice.
2: <laughs> yeah, drunk girls crying in bathrooms is definitely a thing.
1: Even not drunk. Girls' bathrooms is like such a, I don't know, shared experience yes. for anyone who grew up, you oh know, my goodness. in those bathrooms.
0: I have to tell you, this is related, when I, so I was homeschooled growing up, but I went to, I tried out public school for six weeks in grade seven. And one time I was, a couple of girls in my class were like, oh, we have to go to the bathroom. And they were like, do you want to come with us? And I was like, yeah, I need to go to the bathroom. So I went and then they were like standing on the toilets, talking over the stalls. Like I was like, what is happening? <laughs> because yep. I was used to being at home and I did not know that that was what it meant when you go to the bathroom <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with a group of friends.
2: <laughs> you go in there to talk and like. Yeah, I was like, hair. I just want to go pee. Um, it definitely is a communal experience of a very particular kind. Mm-hmm. It's a good page. I
0: I like this page. Good job. I do Jake like. Ara. I also like this page quite a lot. Shall we move on to the other one? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Here's
0: what happened this morning. I was looking for a page about squibs, and I came across this page called "The Quill of Acceptance and the Book of Admittance." This page. Uh, w- excuse me. <laughs>
1: The quill of acceptance and the book of admittance.
0: Does that who would like to explain what these are?
2: The the short version is there's a quill that writes down the name of all children in, I guess, the British Isles on birth in the Book of Acceptance, which is basically the Actually it's not on birth,
0: it's when they start exhibiting magic. Exhibiting magic, yes. That's important for the later paragraph that I like. Yeah.
2: In the book of admittance, which is where things
0: uh where the roster for hogwarts comes from and it appears that the book of admittance is a lot more it's
2: uh, finicky
0: finicky than the the quill is the quill is like anyone who shows any sign of magic will be written down and the book of admittance will just shut sometimes and be like no yeah. that person cannot be written down and that's so, how squibs don't go to hogwarts
2: that is how squibs don't go to hogwarts uh-huh
0: this is one of those things where like I, d- I definitely, at some point while reading the books, had the question, how, do, how does Hogwarts know that all of these students are magical and should, and should get Hogwarts letters? But I didn't need the author you to tell me to the know. answer to it. I'm like, it's, it's a question that, like, the answer... The, the, we could can, we can have headcanons for that, if we even need anything.
1: No, I have to invent a yes. magical book and quill that... No headcanons allowed.
0: I do love
2: this note about Neville, just because it's a cute note about Neville. I also Nothing love to this. do with this. But um, So the midwife who attended to Alice Longbottom had failed to notice that Neville managed to shift his blankets more snugly over himself moments after birth, assuming that his father had touched the baby in more
0: securely. Which, I also wanted to note, is a big deal. Like it He is. showed magical ability immediately after being born. Usually yeah. kids don't show magical ability until they're around age seven.
2: Yeah, which is also yeah. when he did. Like, at age eight,
0: yeah, but like yeah. he was he was showing subtle signs way earlier mm-hmm. and was and, but he's always as always he's overlooked. Yeah,
2: the note about so this is one of the reasons that we read this is because it has a note about squibs here. The book sternness has a purpose. Its track record in keeping squibs out of Hogwarts is perfect. Non magic children born to witches and wizards occasionally have some small residual aura of magic about them due to their parents. But once their parents' magic has worn off them, it becomes clear that they will never have the ability to perform spells. So here's my question that is never answered in canon. Let's say a mistake was made, which obviously isn't possible because JKR has fixed all things. Yep. Uh-huh. If they can't perform a spell, a wand won't choose them.
0: That is also true. <laughs> wow. Like, you don't need this book to be slamming shut on children's And, like, names. <laughs> maybe
2: you should allow children to have a wand at a younger age. Mm-hmm like age eight or nine and then send them to like some other school middle school yeah Yeah.
0: that's the other funny thing is that like wizarding children don't go to school until they're 11 years old
1: yeah are they just homeschooled until
0: 11 yeah yes and like or like nannies or whatever Home
1: unschooled home yeah exactly
0: i don't think they have a lot of lessons (laughs) but they they learn like how to write and they learn math somehow so
1: unless they're muggle-born they probably aren't going to like public school
0: exactly yeah i think which is interesting and then a lot of muggle-born students do better at hogwarts Um, because they've had like
1: (laughs) six years of education before then
0: anyway um i think the last paragraph is the thing that made us think this is gross it's a gross page because there's like this is again coming back to the
2: disability aspects that we were talking about earlier right Somebody who is a squib will never be able to do this thing that is inherent to the magical world, perform spells. And the fact that they are not allowed at Hogwarts, even though like.
0: They could go to Hogwarts and learn. There's not that many of them. It's not like they're going to overpopulate the school. They can go to Hogwarts and learn the theory of everything.
1: I was going to ask, like, couldn't they do like.
0: If they want to integrate into the magical community, they can do that. They should be able to do that.
1: Couldn't they do like potions or herbology or just Sometimes like learn their own history? does
2: require wand waving. Yes. Okay. However, they can see things that wizards can. Why not have a squib teach muggle studies? And why not go there and take like, you know, history of magic and learn about the society that they're born into and take things like astronomy, which does not require wand waving, or arithmancy, which is just advanced math.
1: Also, I will say that if you follow this paragraph to its logical conclusion, that means that squibs don't get education.
0: Yes. Like at all. Yeah, unless they decide to integrate into the Muggle world. Which is
1: an unfortunate parallel to the way that disabled people have been treated throughout time in a lot of Western societies. Because um, until shockingly recently, you know, deaf people or blind people or mentally disabled people or physically disabled people were not, you know, considered to be able to learn.
2: They were not considered
0: whole in the same way that these books are saying these people are not whole. I was going to say, and the way that the author writes this paragraph, she's writing it as a positive about the book and yeah. the quill.
1: They yeah. never
2: made a mistake. It's like, oh, fuck you.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: So this is gross.
0: Yeah, this Didn't is Didn't need gross. to be
1: written and made it worse by being written.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So thanks. And can we now move on to a funny thing? Yes.
1: Let's move on to this good Tumblr headcanon.
0: So this is a Tumblr head... It's kind of a headcanon. It's kind of just a thread of people riffing off of each other but basically it's about Lockhart and Snape and their ages and what that means for them being students being teachers etc it starts with a post uh where someone says imagine when Lockhart swaggered in to take the defense against the dark arts spot and Snape had to look at McGonagall and say but i taught him he's an idiot and she's like i taught Cornelius Fudge and watched him become minister we all have wounds severus and there's a great piece of art which we can um probably link on twitter yeah, we can like um, this post.
1: The basis here is that Snape is like...
0: Snape started teaching when he was 21 years old. He's four years older than Lockhart.
1: Several years older than Lockhart and started teaching...
0: When Lockhart was still in school. So he would have had
1: Lockhart as like a
0: sixth yeah. or seventh year or whatever. Are there any other tidbits from this thread that anyone wants to read? <laughs> oh my god.
2: Yes, the, uh, the, but like more ages than that. This is important. Snape is 31 when Harry is in school. In the and first that book. means yeah. that there are characters you are going to meet in the next book who should also be in their mid thirties.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you
2: see the movies, you will be like, "That doesn't make sense." Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, no, that's that's just like something to keep in mind. Is is these people are way younger than you think they are.
1: Really, Dumbledore is hundred and twelve. Yeah. Oh
0: yes, absolutely. He sure is.
1: Cool. <laughs>
0: I can't read any of these things because I don't swear, and there's swear words in every paragraph. <laughs> 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 what do you want me to read? Okay, just re- read. Can you read? Like, can you read that whole paragraph or that whole like yeah. post okay. from the top? He went. This is about Lockhart.
2: Uh, he went to school with Snape. Two got taught by Snape. Three became part of the staff like Snape. And the fact that he's acting like he knew shit about potions is hilarious. Because you got Snape in the corner being like, "Listen here, you little shit. I taught you. I've seen your test scores. I graded those shits. And you coming in here talking about being able to come up with an antidote? Sit down." <laughs>
0: that's, the, that's, like the, that's like the headcanon of Snape's thoughts Behind the scene that we just yeah. read in Yes, yes, yes that Last chapter Yeah, but also imagine being a fourth year Who
2: has done or said something to your classmate Snape And then in seventh year, he's your teacher <laughs> 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 Which is like, yeah that's wonderful. I think maybe there should be a mandatory um, Seven year gap
0: That would make sense I mean, Snape is teaching at Hogwarts For a very specific reason because. Dumbledore was yep. keep an eye on him um but anyway I guess kind of and other things but I'm not spoiling anything um, <laughs> <laughs> was that a spoiler did I say a spoiler just yeah. now? <laughs> I didn't get spoiled okay good all right all right
1: yeah so that's
0: that's what we have for today i recommend everyone check out that tumblr post it's fun yeah and
2: again and we'll also read these pages usual, we will put them in
0: the
1: uh show notes
2: um e would you like to read the titles of the next three chapters
1: sure let me open up the book here we have chapter 10 the rogue bludger chapter 11 the dueling club and chapter 12 the polyjuice potion Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a guest next episode. Yeah, next right?
2: episode, uh, we're going to have a guest who is British and also self-identifies as a Slytherin. Um, and these chapters are, much like the rest of this book, sort of heavily Slytherin-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this will be a great chapter to bring in Bo. And it should be really great. I will say that we probably won't get to as much plot in the next chapter chapter chunk just because we will gonna, have a guess but that's okay that's okay
0: i feel like the next three chapters don't have as much plot as these last three chapters did yes there are a lot of good things that happen interesting things that happen but not things that we would have to dwell on for very long oh should we ask for questions for our guest
2: yes if you have questions for, for a though, slytherin <laughs> for a slytherin who is very aware of
0: the stigma around the st- Slytherins. The
2: stigma and also the situation with JKR. So I will mm, say yeah. this guest is-, is has kept up with and understands the current situation with the fandom and with JKR. She's also British. So if you have questions about how Harry Potter is similar to or different from um, the real world uh, in British schooling, she was telling me the other day about houses and her school. Um, if you have questions, please send them to our Twitter. And if they have spoilers, please send them to our Tumblr.
1: Because yes. that's the one I don't look at.
0: <laughs> All right. I have been Adela. You can find me on Twitter at Airedale, A R E D H E L underscore underscore. You can find me on YouTube at Airedale Grace.
1: Uh, I have been E. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at CEL10E
2: and i'm zoe you can find me on twitter at zoe topaz z o e t o p a z and you can buy my book ostentatious the evolving
0: world of jane austen fans
2: wherever books are sold
0: and our theme music is by morgan jackson you can find more of his music at we did the time warp again.bandcamp.com see you next time <laughs> oh wait oh and the oh. show
2: can be found at oh, by yeah. not on both twitter and tumblr
0: yes that is also true <laughs>